Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast, the official source of audio accounts for the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation. I'm Chaz Hathaway, author of Life in the Spirit World, What Near-Death Experiences May Teach About Life on the Other Side. Today we're going to share the experience of Tia from enderf.org. Tia says, It was about 8.30 p.m., I had just put all my children to sleep and got on the internet with my husband, who was in Iraq at the time. He was getting ready to come home on emergency leave due to my illness. I had said my goodbyes and told him that I wasn't feeling good. He then told me to get some rest. About five minutes after I left the computer, I felt dizzy and started getting lightheaded, so I went to the restroom and started a hot bath. This is what I usually did when I felt that way. I had severe surgeries, or several surgeries, that year and had many infections. So the feeling wasn't new to me. I got into the bathtub and started splashing my face with water. When I took my hand away from my face, all I saw were people. I pushed my way through the people and grabbed the phone that was in my room. I must have only pushed redial. I couldn't see the floor or my room, only many people. I remember thinking that I didn't want to die yet. I kept on saying, no, no, I can't go now. I haven't seen my mom yet. When my mom and stepdad showed up, I don't remember going down the stairs or how my mom saw me when she got there. I came to, I guess, when I saw my stepdad. And I remember them both carrying me to the car. On the way to the hospital, I remember going in and out and my mom saying, Tia! Tia! I also remember the two ladies that were in my house whom I didn't know. But when the people showed up in my house, I felt like I knew some of them, but most of them I didn't know. Two of the ladies were in my mom's car. They didn't say a word just looked at me when I looked at them. I was scared when I saw them in the house, but I remember that in the car I wasn't scared. I felt comfort. When we got to the emergency room and the nurse took my blood pressure, she rushed back to the emergency room and called the doctor. And then there were nurses and doctors everywhere. They started to ask me questions. I remember answering, but not being heard. No one could hear me, and I was screaming the answers. I remember getting very mad because no one could hear me. I remember hearing the doctor saying, I don't think she's here. And I remember saying, I'm here, I'm here. As they cut my clothes off, I remember one nurse saying, Doctor, she's going into cardiac arrest. Right when she said that, I saw my lifeless body lying on the emergency room bed, and my mom in a chair, crying in shock. Behind me became bright, and I saw a hand. I turned around and looked at myself, and didn't turn back around. That hand touched my shoulder. When I saw what was going on in the emergency room, and saw myself, I panicked and started pleading to God, to whomever that touched me, To let me go back. Please let me go back. I have children and a husband that need me. 
No, not now. God, please not now. My husband is on his way home. He knows I'm sick and he's coming home from my rack. Please, not now. Even though I felt peace, comfort, and complete love behind me and around me, I didn't want to go. Then the next thing I saw was the room become bright. And the light behind me was even brighter. I remember turning around crying and I asked, One more time, please, Lord, not now. The next thing I knew, I was inside my body again. And looked up. I looked up and saw the defibrillator above. I opened my mouth and said, Are you the plumber that's going to fix the pipes in my basement? I'm glad you showed up and let me show you the problem. The doctors and nurses looked at me as if I was crazy, like you look at someone in disbelief. The doctor put down the defibrillators, shone a light into my eyes, and checked me for about five minutes. I turned to my mom and I said, I love you, and started to cry. The doctor walked out, and after 15 to 20 minutes of sitting there, the nurse came back in and said that the doctor would not be returning because he was shaken up about what just happened. She handed me my discharge papers and said, The Lord must have been with you because we all thought you were a goner. I looked at my discharge paper and the doctor had put down severe unexplained weakness. Leaving the emergency room, I was dizzy and unbalanced. My mother and I drove home. I remember my mom asking me, Why was I looking towards the back seat so much? And I said nothing. But I was looking for those two ladies. I got back home and looked in on each of my children and kissed each one. My husband got back from Iraq three days later, and I had another surgery two days after that to take out the damaged, infected tissue in my stomach and spine. Two weeks after my surgery, my husband had to return to Iraq. My children and I waited another five months for my husband to come home. Since my near-death experience, my life has changed so much. I take nothing for granted. It took me right until my husband was going to leave for Iraq to finally tell him about what had happened to me. I don't speak about this to many, to many only the ones I'm close to because of the fear of them looking at me as a crazy person. But the people that I have never told have looked at me in that manner and always wanted to know more, like my story will get longer or change. Every time I used to hear stories like this, I used to say, okay, yeah, right. But now I consider myself lucky to know what it feels like, and I know when it is finally my time to go, I won't be scared. That is the end of Tia's experience. And it's an interesting one because... And, and frightening because, you know, here she is all alone at home after getting off the phone with her husband. She's not feeling well, but she's been through surgeries and, and she's sick and, and he's coming home to be with her. And so there's no surprise there, but it's shortly after that that she starts getting dizzy and she starts taking a bath. And when and she splashes the fa water on her face and when she opens her eyes, 
All she saw was people. And I don't know whether these were people and she was seeing as if in a different realm or if she is seeing people in the room with her. But she does say, I pushed my way through the people and grabbed the phone that was in my room. I must have only pushed redial because she couldn't see the floor or her room, but many people. It was just people everywhere. Now, were these spirits on the other side? I don't know. That seems to be what she's hinting at, but uh, it's kind of unclear. Very interesting, though. And then there's, um, while she's rushing to the hospital with her mother and stepdad, she keeps looking to the back seat because she says, um, I also remember the two ladies that were in my house whom I didn't know. But when the people showed up in my house, I felt like I knew some of them, but most of them I didn't know. Two of the ladies were in my mom's car. They didn't say a word, just looked at me when I looked at them. I was scared when I saw them in the house, she says, but I remember in the car I wasn't scared. I felt comfort. So these people, the fact that she says that she felt like she knew some of them makes me think that they probably were spirits on the other side, looking after her, whether they knew that she could see them or not is unclear, Un except for probably the two who looked at her every time that she looked at them. Something I find interesting about this experience is the fact that she wants to go back at all costs. She's saying, please, God, please don't let me go now. She's praying and begging God to send her back which is kind of unusual, except it's not terribly unusual for those who haven't yet entered the light, so to speak. And she speaks of a hand touching her shoulder, and she, it's, it's as if she doesn't turn around to see who it is. Maybe she already knows who it is, or maybe she's just got this sense about who it is, or, or just the comfort is allowing her to feel, you know, safe and at one with the spirits in the room as she's looking down at her body, which is going into cardiac arrest, and, and the doctors and nurses are frantically trying to bring her body back. She is also determined to come back, and um, I believe says that she, um, and while the light behind her is getting brighter and brighter, she is begging God, please, please send me back. And the next thing she knows, she's back in her body. And, uh, and that's when things start clearing up after that. And they're discharging her, it sounds like, almost immediately. And, and the doctor is so shook up by it, he can't stick around. He's got to go. Uh, I'm sure that's a hard thing for doctors. But uh, anyway, very interesting experience. I'm going to apologize. It's a little bit of a short episode today. It's been a really rough week at my house, and I've got a lot to do, a lot to catch up on, so I'm going to have to end early. But uh, if you would like to contact the podcast, either share your own experience, ask a question, or just make a comment, you can do so by emailing Podcast at gmail.com or by calling 970-NDE-CAST. You can also support the podcast by going to patreon.com slash ndecast and becoming an ongoing monthly contributor 
And with that, thank you so much, all of you, for listening. Thank you.